0: Welcome to Uncharted Journeys. I'm your host, Kathy McKnight. And if you're like me and you've ever sat back and wondered, how did I get here, whether literally or figuratively, in terms of your career or life in general, then you're in good company and have come to the right place. On Uncharted Journeys, you'll hear from amazing women about their straight and narrow, zigzaggy, or somewhere in between paths to success. Today's guest leads a team of content experts at a leading tech company. Her journey has taken her from Kansas City to Germany to San Francisco, and she calls herself a Germanized American. Not sure what that means, but I'm sure we'll dig into it. A fellow traveler, list maker, enthusiast, and I've had the pleasure of working with her so know firsthand what a great human being she is. Welcome, Jessica Bergman. Thank Thank you, Kathy. It's great to be here. So thank you so much. I know things are crazy at the aforementioned uh, tech company, which is Salesforce, um, what's new and how are things going? How was your long weekend? We're just coming off the 4th of July weekend. It was great to
1: have a nice uh long weekend and celebrate the 4th here, especially to feel things come back after the pandemic. So, I just moved to San Francisco right before the pandemic hit. So, I feel like I'm getting to experience it fully. Um, but I got to tell you Kathy, we are already in Dreamforce mode here at Salesforce. We're getting ready for our biggest event of the year in September. So, uh that if you've experienced Dreamforce, you know all about what things might be like for us today.
0: Yes, I can imagine. I know that we're, um, we're two months and counting and uh, are just a little over that perhaps. So I know you must be uh, just up to your neck in it. So let's take a break from that. Let's talk about you and tell our listeners a little bit more about you. I gave a, a brief intro, but there's, there's much more to you than, than what I said. Well, sure. So I like to say I'm a
1: a storyteller. I started in public relations, converted into content marketing. Uh, And I would say, if you know me, my values are relationships. So I care a lot about people, learning. I will always be a lifelong learner and adventure. So that really summarizes my career, the many moves I've had, and uh, a little bit of how I even approach work, relationships, learning, and adventure.
0: All righty then. So Let's dig into it. I always ask my, my, uh, my guests four core questions. So first one is, what was the first career career you remember wanting to do when you grew up?
1: Well, it's funny. The first thing I really remember wanting to do was having my star stage microphone. I don't know if you remember those with the pedal and putting on a lot of performances for my family and my poor, poor family and uh, friends. And I really wanted to be famous. So that's the first thing I remember is wanting to be a performer And I mentioned that because it's like the last thing I would want to do now. Um, But I think the first career uh, beyond being a performer is I remember in like third or fourth grade discovering this thing called advertising and writing a report about it and thinking, hey, this is pretty cool, you know, really um, selling and telling stories about products and being creative. That's a space I want to go into. So hilariously, I think, yeah, third or fourth grade is about when I discovered that I could probably pull up that report. And ended up influencing what I majored in in college. So I have to say, I maybe knew pretty early on directionally
0: where I wanted to go. So you were you were Donna Draper as opposed to Don Draper in grade three. Is that what you is is that what you dressed up as in Halloween? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I don't think we had an admin then. Uh, but yeah, I think I did dream of this life of coming up with all the cool commercials that you saw on Saturday morning television, which my son has no idea what that was like. They don't even see commercials the same way we did back then. So yeah, uh, Saturday morning television probably had more of an influence than than Don Draper at that point.
0: <laughs> all right. So you know, you you talked about wanting to be a performer and then getting into advertising. Who was a big influencer in your life as a kid? Was there somebody that made you think that way or was, you know, who else was, who, who was it in, in your life that, that got you into that creative zone? You know,
1: fun fact, uh. I grew up in a very small town. My graduating class was 56 people, and my parents were both teachers. So I even had my father as a teacher growing up, which is incredibly rare, but in small towns, it happens. Um, I have to say my dad was really one of those early influencers. He was always curious, always had his nose in a book, um, helped me uh, influence my family in discovering that early learning. And I think that's what caused the curiosity to explore a lot of things and found what stuck. Um, so dad, my dad was definitely one of the first big influencers in my life. Um, moving forward, I had a really incredible college professor named Dr. Meads, Dr. Robert Meads, and he did my advertising lab classes. And I think he just really brought that love of great storytelling, the pitch, helping us think through the design and all elements. And that really, I think that creative process was really honed with his his expertise during college, but early my dad and then later a professor in college.
0: Alrighty. And what song would you say epitomizes your career path?
1: Oh, Kathy, it's hard to pick one song, um, but I have to say I'm going to pick a timely one. Um, for anyone who's listened who's listened to Lizzo's About Damn Time, um, not only is it a good jam, but I think it really summarizes, you know, it's nice to see women really showing up in leadership roles and that people are really seeing that women have a wonderful impact as leaders. And also I think just getting content marketing and content strategy fully embedded into the the leadership suite and seeing that content marketing has a seat at the table in marketing and that we're no longer having to sell in the impact. I think people see it and now we're building teams. We're getting the investment. We're in those leadership roles. So I think Lizzo, um, singing About Damn Time, summarizes it. And all of those challenges, because we've been through some, um, definitely make us stronger. So that's going to be my
0: anthem for my career, the little feel-good jam. All right. I'm not familiar with that one, but I'm absolutely going to check it out after our conversation here. And lastly, what would the street name for your career be if it was an actual road? Well,
1: Kathy, I'm also going to be difficult on this one and say, I don't think my career path can be summarized as an actual road. I think it's probably more of an intersection. And if you look um, at my life and all the places I've lived and all the things I'm trying out, it's always a little bit of an intersection. Let's call it the intersection of Mission Street and Unnamed Road. And I know that sounds really cheesy, but I've always needed a bit of a mission. Um, So working for purpose-driven companies has been a hallmark of my career, working on the Dev campaign for Over Beauty. Uh, Many of these things, working at a company like Salesforce that's very purpose-driven, I need that in my career. And it's something I definitely seek out. And then I'm leaving that unknown road because I think you have to be open to all those opportunities. I was open to moving to Germany, open to moving to Boston, open to freelancing. There's been a lot of pivots in my career and I think you always have to have that unknown road and the openness to it, but stay close to a mission. And that would be my intersection and I think how I would,
0: how would I give the intersection name to my career path? I really like that, unknown road, that is cool. So, you know, you talked about, um, you know, working for Dove and on the Dove campaign for Unilever and then, you know, now at Salesforce. And I mean, Salesforce, if it's Tuesday, it's changing, right? It's just you got to keep your head about you and 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 focused because, you know, it's a fast-moving organization. So, you know, from a career perspective, what does that journey look like? How do you go from Unilever, which is a multi-pronged cpg um organization with so many great brands and and campaigns like the dove um campaign which i'm so jealous you got to work on that that is amazing uh one of my favorites um ongoing the campaign but what what's the path been like has it been you know you're a planner you're a list maker is it been uber planned or has it been more organic I think it's been a thoughtful career path. I think I've always
1: had a good sense of who I am and what I'd like to do. And I think figuring out what I enjoy doing and what I'm good at. But I do think that I've that adventure piece, you have to be open to those opportunities. So if you look at where I started out, I really knew out of college I wanted to go into an agency. Uh, you know, there is a little bit of that Donna Draper, as you said. I wanted to go into agency life. And I remember interviewing with the top agencies, and at the time, internships were unpaid. And I just simply couldn't do that at the time. I needed a, a job, something that was going to pay. And so I took a job in co-op promotion, and I got to work with great brands. I worked with Rolex and Porsches of the world who were working with dealers or other vendors to run their brands. So I was stayed in the space, but I didn't get that agency opportunity. Um, Had a great career there. And then my husband was offered the opportunity for us to move to Germany. And I had to start all over. So, you know, it was a great opportunity to move to another country, but I had to start my career from scratch. And that was my opportunity to join an agency. So that's when I joined Edelman in Hamburg, Germany. I started out as what they call a trainee and I had to learn the language, I had to start all over, but I got to work on some of the most incredible accounts. Again, Dove campaign for real beauty, working on the pro-age campaign, all of those wonderful things at the brand level. So I had to start over. Then I'll tell you, had a lot of great years in agency life, and it was time for a change. I knew I wanted to do something, and we were ready to start a family, so we moved to Boston and I ended up starting again. I did freelance for a year and then I started applying. I, my, lots of stops and starts, but I was open to those adventures. And the next job I took on was I was like, hmm, I don't really want to stay in PR, but there's this little emerging trend called content marketing where you're still earning you know, the attention from audience. It's a little bit of publishing and earning the audience. Hey, this is something I'm really excited about. And so It took me a while to get back in and took on a job at Demandware, started their very first content marketing program, and we were eventually acquired by Salesforce. So it was not a clear path, but I was always open to those new opportunities, trying new things. Um, And since then, I've just been somebody who says, hey, I see a challenge. I've got a solution. Let's try this. And I think that's really what shaped my career since getting into the content marketing space.
0: Yeah, the, you know, you're going from, you know, making a very logical, practical decision with regards to unpaid or internships, which thankfully, I think they are very far and few between now. Um, yes, yeah, that's a good change to, you know, jumping in what it sounds like feet first um, into new opportunities, starting a gig where you don't even speak the local language. That's... That take that takes hoot spot. That's that's impressive, right? So, you know, was there a defining moment, decision, action? It, you know, it seems like there were several of them. Something that really impacted the trajectory of your career and really anchored you into what you do today, which is content.
1: I do think that move to Germany and a humbling, complete start over in agency life is probably one of those defining moments. And it's for many reasons. One is, you know, if I were to make that decision again, I'm not sure I would do it. You know, you said I jumped in with both feet. It was hard. It was very difficult. I cried a lot of tears. Uh, it's a cultural shift. It's a language shift. It's a reproving yourself that you, you know, under you can deliver in a completely different environment. Um, I will say this was hard, but I learned so much about myself. It brought me new perspectives. I understand global, like how U.S.-centric teens can show up. uh, And it's just jarring and alarming to other cultures. How there are not, you know, the U.S. is amazing, but as we're learning and watching this environment, we don't always have the best solutions. We don't approach things the same way. And there's a lot you can learn from that. Um, So I think that move to Germany starting completely from scratch, but then proving to myself You know, I did get hired on. I did build a career there. I proved I can do it in another language. Try presentation training in German. um, And if you can do that, you know, it it gives you the confidence that you can do a lot of things. So while it's hard when we do the hard things, it teaches you so much about yourself and gives you the confidence that you can tackle any challenge.
0: Yeah, I, I can't. And German, you know, I so growing up in Montreal, I speak French and English. And I thank my parents very much that they they put us into an immersion program, um, even though they were anglophones. But German is so hard. I think I think you, can, you and I talked about this once. I was in um, Dusseldorf for a client and off on my own for dinner one day, and I just popped into this teeny tiny mom and pop and um, looking for something on the very German menu with very German people that I could decipher. And I tried to apply my French and teeny tiny bit of Spanish to ordering something, which I thought was going to come out as a mushroom pizza and ended up being a sausage pizza. By the way, I was vegetarian at the time. So just goes to show you (laughs) no logic to the German language. (laughs) Um, Hopefully you fared better in the food category than I did on that trip.
1: Well, I will tell you, I'm not a vegetarian, but I'm also not a huge meat eater, which is a challenge when you, you live in Germany. Um, but I will say this, I, it's, there's many acquired tastes and I learned to love German food and I still really appreciate it, uh, but definitely heavy on the meat. The meat sections in the grocery stores is outnumber <laughs> anything you will ever see here Um but yeah, I, I, am, I say I'm a Germanized American because I did marry a German. My husband is German and I do love so many things about the German culture, the food being one of them, but just their approach to life. Um, they love to take vacations. They are so strategic. They work hard and then they get out, they work hard and go home. And I think it's a pretty incredible approach to work, to life. And so the things that have influenced me um, after living there for so long.
0: It sounds like Germany really set you up well for working at Salesforce. That is a company that works hard, but likes to play hard too. So what's your current role like? What is it that makes you want to get up in the morning? And also, what are some of the challenges and compromises that you're finding you have to make there even in 2022?
1: So my current role is focused on our owned media products. So I really look after Salesforce Plus, the first digital streaming service for business, our 360 blog, newsletter, as well as our YouTube channel and our social channels. So I really look after and I partner very closely with our trailhead teams as well. So we're really looking at taking this approach like a media company uh, and really building audiences. We speak to so many different audiences from the C-suite to practitioners. So we're really thoughtful about how do we bring them all along and make sure they're successful. And I think, That's what gets me excited every day is working for a purpose-driven company that leads with its values and is all about customer success. So, you know, we're not just out there creating content to push messages. We are out there to set the model for who we are as a company uh, how we do it? How do we create the customer 360 and a portfolio of products to make our customers successful? But then also the content—that's what it's about. That's what Trailhead is about. That is what a lot of the guides and you know our our media products are around helping our customers navigate this current environment. Uh, you know we launched leading through change during the pandemic. We pivoted and really listened to our customers, and I think that's so rewarding. That's what gets me excited to get up every day. Not only that, um, we're a company that's willing to innovate and push the boundaries. So we talked a lot about, hey, how do we create this hybrid experience? We put on Dreamforce, which is an incredible in-person event. When we had to go all digital, we took this new approach to say, hey, let's bring together the best of our events to bring it online, as well as original series targeted at our audiences to really help them have that moment in time, that appointment-based event through Salesforce Plus, but then an original series that keeps those insights coming throughout the years. We are willing to try new innovation and get that investment. We have the support from the top. That's a lot of what gets me excited every single
0: day and why I'm proud to work for Salesforce, especially in the content space. It's something that Salesforce does extremely well, content. It is one of the leaders from a positioning perspective a branding perspective the consistency you know when you see something that is Salesforce whether it's a product whether it is a promotion um, even if it's co-branded it is very clear Um, I have to admit I, I did not buy into the whole trailhead characters at first when it was first launched now love them had my picture taken with them at Connections. So excited. So i drank the Kool-Aid and I'm on side. I love that they each have stories. And you talk about organizations that, uh, you know, many organizations have values. They go through that work and it is work to come up with what those values are and who the company stands for. But it's something that they trot out on their website and at their annual general meeting or in their annual report, and Salesforce lives them. Um, You are building that into everything you do. And from a content perspective, that's an added layer of complexity because it's not just the words and it's not just creating the experiences that are right for your audiences. It's making sure that those experiences are aligned with audience needs and wants but reflect the values of an organization. And and that layer, that added layer isn't easy. So, you know, that is something I'm sure that, gets you up and raring to go because it's 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 not something you can just sit down and do it's it's something you have to believe in and embed
1: and i think it is one of the challenges that there's so many things for us to talk about as a company there is values and who we are and you saw we launched team earth together with matthew mcconaughey and we said hey let's not put our energy and let's not talk about the metaverse and Mars. Let's bring it back to what matters, people and the planet. And let's make sure that business has that responsibility. We believe it, that business can be the greatest platform for change. So here's what we're doing to live our values and join us in that effort to drive meaningful and actionable change. So there's that part of it. And that is a lot of what we're doing. Um, And you'll see we've had some incredible partnerships this year where we're partnering with the Olympics. So we're working with um, both Team USA, uh, partnering with them to deliver a truly great fan experience. And we're doing the same with Formula One. So we have another partnership where we're helping them on their path to net zero, as well as how they build those fan experiences. So you see us talking about how we are putting our technology in action and helping our customers. You hear us talking about who we are. And then there's so much complexity to our product and giving all the guides and the support to help our customers not just go from inspiration, but how do I actually implement it and put it into action? So as a content marketing team, we are pivoting from, hey, social, we need to announce this. Hey, we're acting like a media company, but we also have to get the fundamentals right so that when someone searches, are they getting clarity and getting those basic answers? So that is the challenge of Working in a content marketing team for such a large organization, speaking to everyone from the C-suite down to practitioners. But it's also the challenge that I really enjoy is that we have so much to offer and so much that we can deliver from a content marketing perspective. It's getting the balance right and making sure also that we have the credibility that we can show how the, t- the not only how we're living our values and how we can bring more companies along our pledge 1%. So 15,000 companies have joined us in doing that. So we're really leading from the front, but also then how do we show that our technology and solutions are helping customers have that success? And it's a fun, it's a fun challenge. And I, again, a
0: challenge that's a luxury to have. So, I mean, it sounds like you have your dream job, which is amazing, but if you weren't in the content space, if you were, you know, given the opportunity even just to take a year away and come back to Salesforce, what would you do? What would you be, be, what, what would be your, your gig? You know, I daydream a lot about what
1: alternative career options could be and what retirement could look like all those fun things that all of us daydream about a little bit. Um, I think I would likely be an entrepreneur. I do like the idea of building my own business, building your own team, building that marketing and messaging um, and, I've been toying around with a couple of ideas. Um, Kathy, one of the things is why are there no cute, comfortable shoes for women? My best friend's a chiropractor and we talk a lot about it. Like the shoes that are really good for you and your back do not look great. Uh, How many of us wobble around through conferences? Um, So we've been toying with this idea. If anyone uh, wants to discuss it further with me, let me know. But that's, that's probably what I would do is take up that idea.
0: All right, so I am so down on the comfy shoes thing. So if you need a third in that, um, I am happy to not only be your tester, um, but provide some feedback on styles as well. Because again, you know what? Not everybody has the same point of view on what a cute comfy shoe looks like. So um, I I fully support that. <laughs> I love that idea. We need we need a we need. am going to We need we need a Rothy's. But that aren't going to kill your back by the end of the day.
1: You got it. And actually, my best friend, who's a chiropractor, will tell you some of those shoes just don't offer the support you need. They might be flat and easy, but they're they're not actually great for you. So, here we go. My pitch has begun. <laughs> all right,
0: perfect. You're see already into the content. Um, all right, and for our listeners, particularly the women in our audience, you know, you've already given us some great advice maybe inadvertently in, in telling your story and 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 the things you've learned but what would be a you know what you think your best piece of advice on life career success happiness whatever you'd like to share that you know really grounds you that that is your touchstone
1: i'd say one of the early pieces of advice i was given that sort of shook me to my core was how do you get what you want if you don't ask for it And I think there's a lot that, you know, we take for granted Um, and that's men, that's women, but in a situation and sometimes we forget to just ask. We don't have to bulldoze, but if we don't ask, it's difficult to make the change or difficult to get what we're looking for. And I have to remind myself of that because sometimes I'm too accepting of the things that are difficult or the things that are hard. And it's just remembering to say, hey, maybe there's a better way and I'm going to ask for it. Um, I think also as women and I'm watching other women leaders you know, we're often the ones who spin up the document, who just start making it happen. Um, and there's a lot of that leadership happening. But we also need to remember um, to hold others accountable. And I, I, it was a Brene Brown podcast where they said, do no harm, but take no shit. And I just loved that quote where it's like, I think that is a great mantra that I use as well. I don't want to do any harm, but I need to make sure we stand our ground. We do as leaders have to make sure we take care of ourselves in our teams. Um, and I, I, I think about that a lot. Um, and just making sure that as a team that when I say do no harm, that we're not glamorizing the grind. We're really glamorizing healthy habits within our team. So again, asking for what you want, you know, do no harm, take no shit and make sure you take care of yourself and your team and, and really glamorize healthy habits. That's the advice I live by and the things I stop and remind myself on a regular basis.
0: Well, I think I have yet to have better words to close a conversation on than do no harm and take no shit. That that just sums it up. I think that is absolutely brilliant. Um yes, and Brene Brown is is filled with with great advice. So thank you so much. Where can our audience find you? Are you doing any speaking events? Obviously we'll see you at content marketing world, but what about social or, or other um as yet to be named, will absolutely launch your new shoe company when it comes to fruition on Uncharted Journeys. But until then, where can we find you? The best place is probably to
1: find me on Twitter, at Jay Bergman. And there's two N's, double N. You can also find me on LinkedIn. And I am going to be busy this summer. We're going to be traveling a bit in Europe, but you will find me. September's a big month. So yes, I will be at Content Marketing World, and I, you will also see me at Dreamforce from September 20th through the 22nd. So September is the month, a couple speaking gigs, and it'll be a great chance to see and experience our event, both in person and on Salesforce Plus this year. So hope to see you all there.
0: Well, you will see me at both events. So... That is great, Um, but you'll get a break from me in Germany. I won't be there. So, Jessica, thank you so much for today's conversation. It's been great catching up, and to my audience, thank you for listening to Uncharted Journeys with me, your host, Kathy McKnight. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Jessica and how following your heart and taking no shit um, will get you exactly where you want to be. If you're keen to hear more amazing stories from amazing we- women, join me next week when I'll be speaking with Anjali Yucondi, a newly minted VP of product marketing and strategy at Movable Inc, and formerly one of the best industry analysts I've ever known. Um, she'll share her journey with us for her lo- how her love of learning and persistent curiosity led her to a career in technology. And as always, you can head over to unchartedjourneys.net to sign up for our email list, as well as check out the links and resources in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and see you next time. Until then, enjoy the journey.
1: Alicia is yes, trying to bring out the fat bill